Another day, another great Lakers value bet. The purple and gold have the third best odds to win the Pacific Division at plus 340. I'm going to tell you why those odds offer fantastic value because the Lakers are my pick to win the division. I'm Blake Atwell and welcome to the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast, the Lakers show that covers all things purple and gold with a combination of betting advice and analysis. Let's talk some Lakers. The purple and gold are plus 340 to win the Pacific Division on FanDuel. If we take a closer look at the odds, the Phoenix Suns are the favorites at plus 170. The Golden State Warriors have the second best odds at plus 300. And after the Lakers at third, the San Diego Orange County Little Brother Clippers are in fourth at plus 500, while the Sacramento Kings are in last place at plus 750. Now, before we talk about this next upcoming season, let's take a look back at how the division looked last season. The Kings, they won the division with 48 wins. The Suns placed second with 45, San Diego Clippers in third with 44, Warriors in fourth at 44 wins as well. And then the Western Conference finalist Lakers, who of course took out the Golden State Warriors and then the Memphis Grizzlies above them, they finished in last place in the division with 43 wins. So even despite their slow start to the season, really competitive Division, as you can see, when the last place team in the division is making it to the conference finals, that says something about how strong <laughs> the competition is in that division. Now, if you gave the Lakers their post-trade deadline roster to start the season, if you equip LeBron James, Anthony Davis with the necessary, just like good role players, the purple and gold easily could have won six or seven more games, in my opinion. And at that point, you're overtaking Sacramento because you're at 49 or 50 wins and you're second in the Western Conference, first in your division. I have the Lakers winning around 51 or 52 games this season, a record that I believe will put the purple and gold within the Western Conference's two top seeds and doing so easily wins them the division. Now, it's a bit shocking to me if we look back to the odds board that the Sacramento Kings have the longest odds to win the division if it were up to me, I would rework the board to look like this. I would have the Lakers as the, as the favorites, the Suns in second, the Kings in third, the Warriors in fourth, and the Orange County Clippers in fifth. We'll start with the Sacramento Kings. They're going to have the same team as last year, and I'm expecting them to be a top five team in the West. Again, I don't think they're going to be two, but I do think they're going to stay within that top four to five seeds. However, I don't think they have as much talent as the Lakers do. Should the Phoenix Suns have some bad injury luck, which could happen given the, the uh, durability of their stars, the Kings could even find themselves right back near the top of the West standings where maybe they finish as the three seed. I just don't see them finishing ahead of the Lakers, um, even though they're, they are bringing back the same team. Just think if you look at sort of uh, the way that things are trending, I like the Lakers as favorites in the division and the Kings definitely in the top three. You can make a case, whether it's Phoenix or Sacramento at the, the two spot onto the Suns, who on paper are the biggest threat to the Lakers winning the division this season. The offensive firepower of Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker combined with what they hope is going to be a rejuvenated DeAndre Ayton and a Frank Vogel defensive system that has proven to work with really good big, big guys, you know, Roy Hibbert, Anthony Davis specifically winning a title. So we'll see what happens with DeAndre Ayton. And uh, between those four guys, I mean, the Suns are obviously a formidable foe for the Lakers, but I just don't trust that team's durability or depth. 
Yuta Watanabe, Eric Gordon, Bull Bull. These are all nice bargain signings, but if we're comparing that to the Lakers and the depth that they have, the Lakers comparatively have Rui Hachimura, if he's your sixth man, or Jared Vanderbilt, Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes. I mean, I'm going to take that depth and those players over the players that the Suns signed every day of the week. And you also have to consider the fact that even if the Suns are a championship team, which they very well could be, they haven't played together. It's likely going to take them a minute or two to learn how to play the play together. And we've seen that with every single super team that has ever been assem- ever been assembled, particularly when it's three guys like that and three guys that are ball dominant. One of those guys is going to have to take a back seat as the third option and be the Chris Bosch of the group. And that's a sacrifice. And then one of those guys is going to have to let the other guy become the number one option. And maybe Kevin Durant just stays the number one option, but we haven't seen Bradley Beal in a situation like this. So we don't know how he's going to perform. And obviously they're not really going to have likely like a true point guard in that starting lineup. So we have to see how Devin Booker looks in that role or Beal, whether they decide to do with that. Meanwhile, you have all these questions for the Suns and the Lakers are coming into the season with a lot of continuity. The Warriors also have continuity. Speaking of which on their side, for the most part, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, and Looney, that's one hell of a starting five and they're all coming back. But that's the thing. Is that really going to be the starting five? Because you're not dealing with having Jordan Poole as your sixth man anymore. You've now got future Hall of Famer Chris Paul on your team who has already publicly said that he doesn't know how it's going to look and you know they're going to try to win a lot of games. But like, is he going to be accepting of a, of a bench role if he does not start? This is a factor that does knock the Warriors below the Lakers in my eyes. And uh, I even think the Suns and the Kings. And I just think that there's a lot of ways that that situation could go sideways. Plus, given the Warriors have mostly the same team as last year, what is going to suggest that they're going to magically start figuring out how to win on the road? And if the Lakers are in the high 40s or the, or the low 50s in the win total, the Warriors are going to have to win on the road to be above them. So I think the Lakers are the better team, just like they were last year in the playoffs. And they just don't have the same amount of potential drama. Speaking of drama, let's leave L.A., Go down the 405 to Orange County, San Diego. That's right. It's time to talk about the Little Brother Clippers. And who knows how many games their best players are going to play. Ty Lue said this summer on podcasts that it's a topic of discussion between Kawhi and, and Paul George and himself in terms of how many games they're going to play. Maybe, you know, realizing that they do need to play more to be ready for the playoffs. But given what both of their attitudes appear to be in terms of Kawhi and Paul George towards load management, what on earth suggests that they're going to agree to play a lot more regular season minutes and games? I mean, maybe they do up their games a little bit, but when push comes to shove, the Clippers are going to be the Clippers. And history has shown us the last five years that they look really good on paper every year. The national media loves to pick them as a Western Conference Finals team or an NBA Finals team. They've only made the Western Conference Finals with this group one time, and they got blown off of the court by the Phoenix Suns. So they never play together in the regular season. They don't play enough to have the consistency that they need to be a formidable team in the playoffs. And you know what? Let's say that the Clippers do play a lot this regular season and they win a lot of games and they're near the top of the Western Conference standings. It would really be first, second, maybe third playoffs that this team has had together. And 
comparatively to the Denver Nuggets, to the Lakers, to the, even, you know, the, the Warriors, of course, like they just don't have as much playoff experience, even if this is a year where they're healthy and they play together. So I just don't think they're good enough um, to be on par with the Lakers or the Warriors or the Kings. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, we're looking at a Lakers, Kings, Warriors uh, sort of uh, top three. Now that we've gone through each rival team, let's talk more about the Lakers and what they're bringing to the table this season. Heading into the season, of course, they have two healthy superstars, a young budding star in Austin Reeves, who will be coming into the regular season, fresh off the summer of his life with the with the, the USA basketball team, of course. Uh, veteran point guard and D'Angelo Russell, who did play his tail off for the Lakers before the Western Conference Finals, of course. And he's been listening to all the chatter all summer long about how he's not the long-term answer for LA at point guard. And especially in the regular season, I do think that his shooting and playmaking fits perfectly into this starting five playoffs is another discussion. And that's for another show on another day in terms of whether or not he is that guy. I think this season is going to be maybe like the final test to see if he can turn things around when the Lakers are in the playoffs this season, but we'll see. Moving forward, you've got two excellent wings that you can choose from to fill that that fifth and final roster spot between Rui Hachimura and Jared Vanderbilt. I would start Vando for his defense. We saw what Rui can do in the playoffs, and him as a sixth man, I mean, you've already got one hell of a second unit, and just starting with Rui Hachimura as your sixth man, in my opinion, and then you add Gabe Vincent into that, Torian Prince, and then uh, Max Christie, you're hoping, can step up. You're hoping that Jackson Hayes can just play well in his role as a rim running uh, guy who, who, who blocks shots and then Cam Reddish, anything you get out of him is going to just be extra at this point between those 11 guys. I mean, you've got on paper, one of the best 11 man rosters in basketball. And we did see with most of those guys that were on the team last year, what they did in that second half of the season. I know it was a small sample size, but I do think they can pick up where they left off. This Lakers team is going to be very hard to beat, especially during the regular season. And that's why at plus 340, I believe that the Lakers are a fantastic value bet to win the Pacific Division in 2023-2024. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Blake Show Lakers Betting Podcast. I will see you next time.